everybody. This is Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Your host, Huge Pop, with my boy next to me, Reek. Reek. We're at Pop's World Order tonight. Our guest comes from... Oh, hold up. Our guest coming on the show is from the Bronx, New York, who resides in Tampa. He wrestles for several independent promotions. The one I know him from is TCW, Thunder Championship Wrestling. He wrestles in the FIP promotion as well as WWN Live, WWN Proving Ground. He is part of the faction, The Set, with a friend of ours from the show, Francisco, I won't butcher his last name, called The Set. Please give a huge pop welcome to Rich Port Ayala. How you doing tonight? Yeah, doing good, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Absolutely. You said my last name right, too. You got it. I got it. That means I should be able to do something, right? I should, uh, I have all the right. I have rights. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you appreciate for coming you to the show. On, man. I appreciate it, man. Man, I, I, I stumbled on that. I was like, I got to get this right. I have this guy. I know his buddy, Francisco. If he tells Francisco I got his name wrong, then when I get to um, Orlando, you guys might come to the, the condo and I might have some issues. So I had to get that right. <laughs> yes, really. You got it. You got it. We won't have any problems. All right. Yeah. Hey, Make hey. sure you talk Tokyo Cohagas that too. Okay. Because that's a scary, scary man as well. So, but no, I'm so excited, man, to get an opportunity to interview another Rico and I, we love the TCW. We love um, mm-hmm. what was the experiences that we've had with you guys. And I'm so happy that, that you took the um, time out of your day to uh, come and share your stories with us. And I appreciate you. So thank you very much. Yes, You're definitely. So, man, I know we all start, we start this podcast always like this. So as a kid growing up, I used to watch um, uh, Saturday Night's Main Event. That aged me a little bit. Hogan and Andre the Giant and Bundy. Tell us about how you um, started watching wrestling as a fan. Um, I started watching it. Um, I have other siblings. I have brothers. I have other brothers and stuff. And I have an older brother that when I was growing up, he was a big fan. Of pro wrestling, okay. his thing watching WWF at the time and stuff like that, and um, I got into it because of him. Okay. He was the fan growing up at the time. I'm a kid. I'm I'm like, maybe I'm gonna say five, six, seven around there. Okay. And he's a t- at the time he's like a teenager. Right. Um. So he's into it and everything like that. So I got in it with him. And the the only thing that I could probably remember, like really loving it, was uh, watching the WrestleMania match with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, the Iron Man match. And I could just remember that watching that match with him and he's going for Shawn Michaels. I'm going for Bret Hart and just watching this match. And he's like in my ear. I'm in his <laughs> ear, like, shut up. Brett's going to win and all that stuff. Getting it. what That match right there had was like, man, I love this stuff. Like, it's great. It was so, so fun to watch. And then I was very disappointed because, you know, Bret Hart lost. <laughs> right, right. So I was so bummed out. So that's the match that I could remember watching. Like, man, I really love this. Okay. Man, now, it's funny you say it. we we've talked about it last night. Yeah. <laughs> like that that's my number two match right there. Yeah. I just that match was phenomenal. Oh yeah. Absolutely. 
Now, do you watch wrestling currently? I, I don't watch it consistently. Like I'm not I'm not watching it every week. Um, but I I I for sure try to I catch the pay per views. Okay. Yeah. So like, like you know, like currently Survivor Series just happened. Right. So yeah, yeah. I definitely caught that. Yeah. Um, you know, I I really don't watch it consistently though. Um, you know, that, and that's a constant um, theme of when I I'm interviewing wrestlers mm-hmm. at the Independence. I would expect them to be watchers of wrestling, and a lot of you guys say the same. Yeah. You know, um, my, my my thing is this is how I look in, and there's no and there's no offense to any other the any other wrestlers or anything. I'm not saying that they that terrible or anything like that. It's it's nothing about stuff like that. The thing was, I see it also as like, I'm trying to be original. I'm trying to stand out all the time, like anything that I do. So I I just don't want to watch something and it influences me. Okay. Yeah, I and, it, it's, and, and to the point where like an idea comes and I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And I'm like, nah, like I'm thinking, no, I don't, I want to be original that when people see rich and anything that I do, they gonna. I want them to. I want them to say, "Yo, I never seen that before." Yeah, that's a. So, that's, a so great that's, the, that's the. That's the reason why I don't watch it as often. Okay. Um, but I, I, I definitely do catch the big shows. I catch the re, the the pay per views for sure. I'm yeah. watching. Yeah. Awesome, man. Rico. So you were talking about how your brother got you into the wrestling or got you watching it. Mm-hmm. So did he kind of help you in your way keep that competitiveness driving you? As you were growing up, um, he he didn't because, um, like I said, when when I can remember that I was getting into wrestling, he was like a teenager, so it was more of like teenager. I'm saying like in regards to like maybe high school time or whatever. Okay. And my brother left. My brother left the house really early. Um, so I was alone. Like after my brother left. I was like, I got five, I don't know, six or seven around there. I don't know the exact age, but around there here, he left. So after he left, I sort of uh, grew up, you could say an only child because mm-hmm. he already left. So he really, he, once he was gone, that was it. Like he was, he was, he wanted gotcha. to be an adult. So he wasn't there. So it was just me being a fan. Like once he installed that in me from that time, I was already stuck, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm gonna continue to watch wrestling every week. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that's kind of my brother's, my oldest brother, definitely got me watching it. Mm-hmm. We we're talking about, I think the first match I could really remember, Saturday night main events or Saturday main events, but first uh, pay per view was Hogan body slamming Andre. Mm-hmm. Like that just that stuck with me right there, man. Man, yeah, that was, so, that was so good. I used to watch Saturday Night's Main Event. I told the story last night. Um, my uh, my brother was 12 years younger than me, so I'm I think I'm uh, he had to been six, so I've been 18. You know, I'm living with my parents, and Saturday Night's Main Event comes on, and Sid Vicious is there, and he does the power bomb. And while I picked up my brother and I gave the power bomb, while his his feet kicked up, hit the lampshade, crashed to the ground. This is at 11:30 at night, right? My dad was. Hot. He was mad as hell. 
he comes up there and he goes, blah, 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 you know, so, but no, those are just stories. I love hearing stories and I love how brothers get each other involved and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So it's pretty cool. So um, at what point in time, well, Becca, before you decided to be a wrestler, um, was there college? Was there, did you play sports? What was that like? Nah, I, um, I didn't, I didn't play sports growing up. Okay. Um, my mom was a my mom was a pretty strict woman uh, with me, so okay. I was literally it was just go to school and come home, okay. go to school and come home. Um, she was also working a lot of the time, so it was just um, I had to be home. Like okay. I couldn't be outside, and I didn't have I couldn't hang outside with my friends and none of that. She was so strict. It was just you go to school and you come home. Uh, so I wasn't able to do any type of sports. Um, when I first got into a, a sport was 15 years old. I finally was able to do sports, but it was not because she let me. I snuck around. I lied. And I got my uncle at the time. Or, yeah, my uncle to sign the permission slip to allow me to do the sport. And uh, that's how I started. And then like a few months later, uh, she found out that I was doing it. Yeah. So I was doing boxing, by the way. I was, uh, I started to train in boxing. And a few months later, she found out I was doing boxing and she wasn't happy, but she wanted, I was already a little further into it already. So she, she just was like, all right, whatever. Awesome, man. So did your face kind of tell? <laughs> tell on uh, you? Yeah, I think I I think I had a sparring session, and I and I kind of went home all like looking all discombobulated, and she saw it, and she was like, "What the hell happened?" And I couldn't dare lie to my mom because I probably I probably get <laughs> another, I probably get another sparring session with her. So <laughs> right, you know, right, that's right. Yeah, so. you don't want that. Yeah, <laughs> no, not at all. So. Yeah. Man, so how did how did you finally say, "Yep, this is what I want to do"? What what happened in your life to say, "Yeah, I'm going to be a professional wrestler"? Well, um, I literally fell. I I started to get into boxing. When I got into boxing, I started to have. I had a few amateur fights and everything. Um, all the way till like 18, 18, 19. Mm-hmm. So I I kind of. I kind of committed to that and I sort of lost, I guess, the love and for wrestling. I even stopped wrestling completely. I went years without watching wrestling. I was just like so committed into boxing. I did that and then I wound up stopping because I was, I just, there's a mentalness, there's mental that comes with fighting. <clears throat> And at that time, I just didn't have that mentalness to fight. Like, um, I would go in there and it was all about survival. It wasn't about taking someone's head off. Okay. You know, so I didn't have it. So I wound up just like giving up and stopping. And then I wound up getting into mixed martial arts. I got into mixed martial arts, did that for a few years. That went great. Um, But financially, I couldn't do it anymore because uh, mixed martial arts was very expensive. And I was literally doing, like, spending all my money, like, all my money, all the way, like, in college, like, 
for example, I was using like uh, my college money, like from the uh, student loans and stuff uh, like that. I was using that to pay oh, no. for training. <clears throat> It was like so I was so into that so much that I was doing that. And it was to the point where I had no more money. Like I was like done. And I couldn't do it anymore. So I wound up stopping that. And um I saw I fast forward and it go it comes to WrestleMania 30. And I and it's you know, it's the paper the WrestleMania with Daniel Bryan winning the championship with Batista. And Randy Orton triple threat match. Nice. I saw that WrestleMania <clears throat> and just fell in love with wrestling again. That was it. Saw that, fell in love with it again. Um, but still, it was like, man, I, I guess the I fell in love with it, but it still didn't give me the drive to pursue it. And then next thing you know, I met my current wife. And I told her that I had a dream of becoming a pro a pro wrestler, literally like the beginning of the relationship, like the first few dates. And I told her, I said, man, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler because at, at the job that I had at the time, I was like, I don't want to be doing this or whatever. And she was like, what you want to do? And I was like, no, I always wanted to be a pro wrestler. And she told me, what's, what's stopping you? And I threw every excuse in the book. <clears throat> and she told me she said there's no excuse you want to go do something you're going to do it and you're going to go chase it and maybe two weeks later I walked into um, House of Glory Pro Wrestling School in in, uh, in Queens New York and uh, I started training there and that's where the journey began wow man thanks for that story Rico that was in uh that was in 2016. Wow. 2016. And um, at the time, I was 26 years old. So I started wrestling pretty late. Wow, man. So seven years, huh? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, still, that's, that's awesome, though, bro. Because, I mean, you could have been living with that what if. Yes. Not, and that would have just ate at you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that, and when she, when, when my wife told me that, at the time, that was in my head. Like, what if, what if, what if, what if? So I was like, y'all, I'm going to do it. I was like, forget it. I'm going to do it. I, and I wound up doing it, went on the internet, wrestling school in New York City. That was the first one that popped up. I went to check it out. And I'm here. That's in, that's awesome that you have a wife that is very supportive of you at that oh, yeah. journey. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, because, I, thank God. I thank God for her. Absolutely, because you. I mean, I mean, I know I couldn't do this podcast. I know Rico could, probably couldn't do the podcast with me if it wasn't for the support of our wives, and that, that just means a lot. That's my oh, rock. Yeah. So I, sure. I truly understand that, man. I truly do. So, mm-hmm. so um, training school in Bronx. Who was your trainer? Amazing Red. Amazing Red. That's right. Yeah. So, other than the bumps. Uh, well, yeah. Talk to us about what the first time you you had a bump. You had the, How did that feel? How did that feel? <laughs> Actually, the um, the bump wasn't bad. Okay. Um, when I took and it was funny when I took my first bump. The tra- um, I don't know. Uh, do you guys recall Smiley? 
he wrestles more on in the East Coast, but he was trained by Amazing Red. Okay. And at the time, he was he was training the the new guys coming in. He uh, he's a luchador. He wears a mask. His name's Smiley. Um, he was training the newer guys before you're able to train. They they had a setup where you train with Smiley. That's one of Red's students. And then you had to like kind of work your way up where you can actually train with Red. You know, like he like Red was like more about. Uh, I guess the advance or something. So you just, huh? it's like you had to go through the basics first to really huh? get in front of red. That's okay. how that's how I took it, and that's how I was when I was training it. Okay. So I took my first I took my first bump, and I remember Smiley saying, "He turned to the other new kids, and he was like, oh, you guys should be ashamed of yourself.' Because he took his first bump, and it looked great. So and it didn't it didn't really like I was fine. Like I felt like some people say, "Oh, it hurt." I was okay. The thing that had me was was uh, the clothesline. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so taking that clothesline, I was taking freaking those arms right here, and that was like it. Literally made me think at that point, like, what am I doing? <laughs> I bet. Let me like, rethink this real quick. <laughs> yeah, like it. I was. It really made me think, like, oh man, what am I doing? You go to hall, we go, that was a stupid idea, Lonnie. That was yeah, a dumb like, idea. It, it really made me think because I, and, but again, wrestling gives you goals. Like as you keep learning and going yeah. through, you, you get these goals. And when that happened, I was like, yo, my goal is to get hit without freaking like really hurting. Cause I, I was like going home, like tore up from just that. Wow, yeah. That's a, you know, you figure out as you go and you keep doing it, you get the reps and reps and it got better. But to me, that was the thing that was like, I said, dang, that was yeah. killing me. Let me guess, you know, somebody wasn't taking it easy. They were just. <laughs> yeah, they was just going in there. Uh, and it was also me too. They said it was me, how, what I was doing and or like, you know, how I was taking it. It was that too. You know, but that was the thing that had me second. It was second guessing me. I said, "Dang, this thing hurts, man." He's sitting at home yeah. with some ice on your throat, like, "Oh man, all that, all that, all that." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet. So, Rico. Oh, so you were talking about Bret Hart. Like, you really love Bret Hart. <clears throat> did you say that he was kind of your favorite, or did you have anybody else that was yeah, your so, favorite wrestler? So, uh, coming up, I mentioned Bret, and he was my favorite. Like, I'm a little kid, and the superhero is Brett. Yay. Like, you know, that was my guy. I, but the guy that got me into saying, yo, this is what I want to do. Like I want to become a pro wrestler mm -hmm. was when freaking, uh, Steve Austin blew up. When, when Stone Cold Steve Austin blew up and he became what he became, I was, mm -hmm. I was so like, that was my guy. Like there was nothing that you could say about him in school. I was fighting these kids. You say something about Austin, <laughs> what? It was like that, like, man, I love that dude. Like even to this day, some uh, having joking with friends and all that. Um, I got a buddy. I have a buddy still uh, in New York, still in New York, and uh, he's coming up to him wrestling. And uh, his guy is uh, Booker T. Mm. And uh, 
he used, he said Booker T's his father. That's what he that's his thing. He said Booker T, that's my father. <laughs> he always says that. And me, every time we met up, I always say that uh, Uncle Steve. That's what I would say. Uncle Steve. Like that, that, that was my guy. So the guy that got me was Steve Austin, man. Love that guy. Man, he blew up, man. Yeah. He really did. That whole thing, I'm telling you. I oh man. If you saw my bedroom growing up, oh my goodness, bro. It was Steve <laughs> Austin. It everything. The clothes. You know how many Austin three three sixteen shirts I ran through? <laughs> Oh man, my mother, my mother was getting frustrated. She was tired of these shirts. It's like, can oh, you wear something else, please? Oh man, it was like that. It was like that. That's awesome. I was, man. So, I was like obsessed, man, with that guy, bro. That's awesome. You know, the years have gone by for that for him as a superstar, and he will always be talked about as one of the best. Yes. Mm -hmm. I yes. mean, there's just a line, you know, you talk about uh you talk about Mount Rushmore, and he's gotta come really close. Um, you know what I'm saying? He's got to come real close. So yeah. And, um, and you look at it like WCW. What were you thinking? Because Stone Cold and Undertaker, you said, "Yeah, these guys aren't going to do anything." My dad's on the thing. He's a uh, old school. He said Uncle Steve was his favorite. So that's that's way back. <laughs> so were you a WCW guy? Did you watch any WCW? I I watched W. I started to watch WCW during you know the. Monday Night Wars. Okay. Of course. No. Okay. But growing, the thing is, growing up, I only watched WWE. That was it. I was a WWE fan. I didn't know right. what WCW was. Okay. Until the Monday Night Wars happened. Okay. Because there were guys that I was watching that were leaving. And I'm like, where are they going? Yeah. So I was following the wrestler that will leave and huh. then and then wcw i'm like i'm this kid i'm like what the hell is wcw <laughs> so i started watching it there because i'm following hogan i'm following macho man i'm following all these guys like that were in wwe right and but I was a WWE guy. Like, I didn't know about WCW. I didn't know about New Japan. I didn't know there was wrestling in Japan. I didn't know. Right. So if anybody asks, I'm a WWE guy. Like, always been growing up. That's all I saw until I, you know, I got an older. And um, I saw the Monday Night Wars. I started to watch WCW. Well, the reason why I ask this, a question I ask every 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 podcast as you know, WCW, who do you who do you believe is the greatest WCW heavyweight <laughs> champion ever? It's a trick question. It's hard because you have some you have some great guys over there. I'll just give you the answer. David Arquette. No. <laughs> Wait, no. Uh, I just love I love you guys' reactions because some of them are like, yeah, and some of them are like, no. No, no. what are you doing? No. no. But like no. like you were saying, uh, we talked about it yesterday. Was, uh, I, I knew of Sting and mm -hmm. I knew of Flair, but I mm -hmm. never really watched WCW until everyone started going over there. Yeah. And then you saw the, the heel turn on for Hogan. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what's crazy? You mentioned that, right? Like, 
I really didn't even pay attention. I really didn't even, and it's crazy. You're probably going to bug out when I tell you this. Like, even with Flair, I didn't really pay attention to Flair till I saw WCW. Like, they say, oh, uh, Rick Flair, the, the great, and I'm like, okay. I literally, the people get so excited for Ric Flair. And at that time, I was like, okay, like, what's so exciting? That's, I feel then, the same way. And then as I started to watch, and even when I finally got into the business, like when I finally got into the business around 26, you know, you, you're trying to find yourself and find your character. And they, t- they always tell you to study. Yeah. Study, guys. Mm-hmm. And when I started studying Ric Flair, out then I was like, I was like, yo, this freaking guy is the, the awesome. Yeah. Like, like yo, like what was I thinking? Like, what where was I? Like, I was thinking like that. Like, where have I been this whole time? Right. And uh, yeah, it was because of that. I've always been a WWE guy, so that's right. Like, you know. Fair. Yeah. You kind of stuck in Hogan land. That's yeah. where a lot of people were. Because at yeah. that time, you're just hooked on Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. Rico. So before you come out to the ring or anything, man, before you walk out that curtain, is there anything like before wrestling match, you know, get yourself pumped up? Is there any ritual you do or anything like that? Nah. Any music you listen to? Nah. I don't listen to no music. I'm turned on. Like, um, the thing is, I'm not trying to, uh, again, I'm not saying stuff to, to, to get anybody upset. Any of the guys I work with or, or anybody. <clears throat> when I started wrestling, I have this confidence in my head. This is what I wanted to do. I know this is what I wanted to do. And as time went on, I realized, you know, the saying, like, God put me here to do this. Yeah. I, I have so much confidence in myself that I don't need nothing to hype me up. When they say, Rich, you're next, it's on. And I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go have some fun. Wow, yeah. So I, I, really, I really don't have a – I don't listen to music. I'm not the guy with the headphones in the back in the corner. I'm not doing that. What what I'm doing, literally, I'm warming up. I got my bands. I'm getting a pump, and I'm just getting warm to go do what I do. Awesome, man. So yeah, man, that's how that's my thing. I'm I'm so confident. It's it's not even funny. I can say probably the best answer I've heard, man. Yeah. <laughs> Straight yeah. up. Yeah. I got a guy on um Will Alday was on the show this morning and um he said the same thing. He's like, dude, if I'm here to do what I'm gonna do, I should be confident regardless. I have so much confidence in myself that hey, I'm gonna go. When it's yeah. go time, it's go time. Because mm-hmm. you can't afford to not be in that stage because there's other guys trying, but if I'm go, I'm going. Yeah, just like you said. So yeah. in the in um training school, I know there's bumps, but is this where you learn how to do promos and um the psychological psychology of the sport? Is that where you learned all that? Yeah, I learned I learned all that from Amazing Red. Amazing Red told me uh, the promos. Uh, when it came to the promos, the promos I I sort of developed on my own. Okay. Um, of course, I got pointers. I, mm-hmm. Of course, I have promos that I messed up that weren't great, that they right. yeah. And I got pointers from people, of course. Okay. But 
um, when it came to promos, I was so I was like so one hundred percent in it that I studied hours and hours and hours of promos from guys that I just love their promos and I just wanted I guess you could say like emulate it. And I watched hours and hours of Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. I watched hours and hours of Roddy Piper. Yes. Those those yeah. two guys right there is the reason I can go out there and cut a promo like it's nobody's business. Now, you talked about pointers, getting pointers from people when you're doing your promos. So um, how important is it for wrestlers like you and others that come through the business to pay attention to like Amazing Red? Those guys in back that have done this for years, what they're saying, how it's important is it for you guys to shut your mouths and just pay attention to what they're saying? It's very important. Um, when I was when when I was training with Red, it I guess you know, we in different times and you know, a lot of people say, Oh, this generation, this and this generation, you know, that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I I did come up in a generation, well, when I was training that it was a little frustrating because I came in with that confidence, like, this is what I want to do. And I, and I took the training very seriously. I didn't come to play. I didn't come to make any friends or anything. If I became cool, that was cool. But my main focus was to get better and better. And I just wanted to shut up and anything that Red said, I wanted to do it. And I didn't even hang out with anybody after training or nothing. Like, they couldn't find me, like, after I was gone off the, the training center. Um, but it is very important. It becomes easier. Like, if you just shut up, you just shut up and you listen. Listen, it's a guy that's willing to help you, that he's willing to make sure that you get better. If you don't listen, it's it's kind of stupid on you. On, that person's part that decides not to want to listen. Like, and at the same time, I look at it as like, I'll put my, for example, me with Red. If I decided not to listen to Red, whose problem is it? It's going to be my problem. It ain't going to be Red. Red is already established. Red, Red, Red already know who he is. I'm the one trying to come out. So it'd be stupid on my end. So I think it's very important, but that's kind of missed today. I say with the training, it's kind of this, um, because I, I'm still, I'm, you know, when I come, when I was coming up, there was guys where like, uh, for example, let's say training is two hours, three hours, right? right. I'm a, this was me. I'm not talking for anybody else, but me, I didn't touch my cell phone that whole time in training. I could be training with Red for two, three hours. I never even looked at my cell phone. Never even mm-hmm. went to the bag to check if someone texts me or not. I didn't care about it at that moment because I was doing something that I want to do. I was coming up with a guy do a drill and he goes to his phone and starts texting back whoever he's texting. That, that used to bother me so much. And, yeah, like it bothers me so much. 
and guys playing around and all like while you're waiting to do your next drill there's guys like playing around cracking jokes and all that and that you know it just used to bother me coming up but you know i got it done i got it done i tried to blocked it out but still you still got some of that today like in locker rooms not everybody but you still got it in certain locker rooms. Mm-hmm. but i pay no mind because again i have this confidence in me i know where i'm at i know what i'm doing yeah and i'm here to to do what i do so i, yeah. I kind of block it away but awesome, yeah. yeah 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 it's not just in the wrestling world man that's it's in my line of work too i get new guys y'all you know, sit there and train them and I turn around, I'm explaining something to them. I turn around, they're sitting there looking down at the phone. Like, look, this is my job. I provide to put food and roof over my family's head. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to let you mess stuff up for me, man. You want to sit on your phone? You can go. Yeah. I don't sit there be mean to them, but I just keep it real with them, let them know I'm, this is business, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I work outside, you know, there's some d- dangerous situations. You shouldn't be sitting there playing on your phone. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep, yep. Rico. So, has there, because you've been doing this about seven years now, right? Mm-hmm. So, do you have, like, a so far your favorite wrestling moment that you've had in the ring or wrestled with somebody that you really wanted to? <clears throat> um, man, I, has, I really had some good matches. It's so hard to choose just one because I, I I had some good matches. Like there's a lot of different guys that I've been in the ring with. Um, Cahagas, of course. Every time I'm in the in the ring with Cahagas, I'm gonna have a great match. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not worried about it. I'm always gonna have a good match. Um, there's a guy, uh, Jonathan Hudson. I've wrestled him most multiple times. And me and him have great chemistry together. Like we have, we put on some battles. Um, uh, Stephen Frick, I've been in the ring with Stephen Frick. Stephen Frick is good. Um, got oh my boy Gus De La Vega. Gus De La Vega. Right now he's he's with us. We we became partners, and now we're in the set together. But before we became partners. We were enemies, and me and that guy put on some some battles together. And me and him, he's he's so good to be in the ring with. He doesn't get enough credit either of being in, of being in the ring with that guy. Gotcha. Um, it was it was cool to be in. Uh, I I recently had a match. It was a tag match. I had a match with uh, Low Key. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was cool to be in there with him. And um, that guy literally, he has um, the name of the professional. Um, that man, is, that man is a professional, no doubt about it. And it was great to be in the ring with him. Great yeah, that was we had him on about a couple months ago. That was so fun. He was very yeah. professional, very you know to the point. You know, yeah. so very good. So, yeah. um, so. You know, we talk about Rico asked what your um, pre-match rituals were. So I'm going to go look to the next level. So you're in the um, gorilla position. You know, you're out ready to go out there. Do you get as excited to go out through those through those um, curtains to, today as you did the first time you went through those? Oh, uh, today, 
is so much more exciting okay. because in the beginning, you know, it's the beginning and you got those nerves going and you, you still, even though uh, you're still trying to figure yourself out mm-hmm. in the beginning, the beginning, you're still trying to figure yourself out. You have this idea of who you want to be and who you want to, uh, how to wrestle, but you're still trying to find it. So you're still unsure. So you still go out with these nerves and uncertainty when you go out there and you try your best. Um, but like now, um, I know who I am and I go out with this confidence and it feels good. And when the music hits and I go through that curtain and I get that reaction, oh man, it's, it's like a high that you can, I can't explain to you, but if, if it feels, it feels so good. It's definitely more exciting today. Definitely more exciting. Rico. So, so far doing this, have you had a, Times where we talked about it earlier, times where you just feel like, man, these are just, you hit those hard times. Like, do I want to continue to do this the rest of you know my career or do I want to look at something else? Um, There have been some bumps in the road, of course. There has been some bumps in the road, um, especially um, when, when you do it consistently, as I have, like, and I'm and I I thank God that I am doing it consistently because this is how you get better. Mm-hmm. Um, but let me see. I've been. It's I'm a little bit over a year, maybe a year and a half. Well, maybe close. I'm about to hit two years. Of I'm gonna say I've been working consistently every weekend, and sometimes. It comes to a point where you're doing it consistently, you know, you're in pain and it's, you know, the money ain't that great. And it's just like, damn, you know, I do get those feelings. I do get it sometimes when I finally get home and, you know, and stuff like that. But I got to say that when I do feel that way, I still keep pushing. Next you know, I have a match right after that feeling and it becomes a great match that I'll be like, this is why I fell in love with it in the first place. And I just get over it and I just be like, just keep, just keep pushing. Just keep mm-hmm. pushing. It's gonna get better. Um, but just keep grinding. Just keep grinding. It's gonna get better. Don't give up. I try to say those things to myself. But yeah. Awesome. awesome. Well, so I, I know you mentioned uh kids on the cell phone during training and blah blah blah. Would you say that's your biggest frustration in the business today is the inconsistent of people that want to get better? They're doing stupid stuff like that. Yeah, that's um, because, you know, there there are some people, you know, like they say, the business has changed. Um, I feel like anybody could get into the wrestling business now. Like it wasn't like that closed secret thing, you know. Anybody could get in it now. And there's some people that's in the business that they're probably not made for the business, but they're such a big fan that they just keep doing it, you know? Um, but there's like, to me, there, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to speak in me on how I feel. I'm going to put myself into like a fan's perspective. This is me. This is okay. like me watching it. This is how I feel. I'm a big thing in believability. 
I wanna I I wanna feel like like mm-hmm. like if I see a, if I see the good guy and he's in there and I'm cheering for him, I wanna I wanna feel sorry for you, dude. Like and then the bad guy, I really wanna hate you. Like really make me wanna boo you. Um even with the promos, like it has, even when you talking on the promo, like I got to feel like, damn, you really mean that? And I feel like um, some today, that's what's missing, that believability. Um, they only focus on the moves. Yeah. They're not focusing on the psychology on why they choose to do this move at this time. Um, that's that's not focused and that's what's missing that believability yeah. when it comes to it. it's like an urgency it's like uh, get me into it why should I care for you yeah. mm-hmm. why should I care for your story right. why should I follow you every week and be like oh what's gonna happen next why you know and I could use the example of um uncle Steve right so <laughs> Steve, you wanted to watch him every week to see what he was going to do to Vince McMahon. Yeah. <laughs> right? And, and everything he did to Vince, you believed it. Yeah. You know? And that's what I like to feel as a fan. And yeah. today, I feel like that's just missing a little bit. Right. And I know the last night, last night, CF Punk came out, and he gave a hell of a promo. And you could feel... That's who he was. That's how what he feels. I did. I did watch the promo today, this morning, um, and I believed everything he said. Absolutely, yes. I believed yep. it. It felt real. Right. It but felt- you're right. But you're right. It's missing in today's. Uh, and it, you know what? It's missing in today's mainstream, like the big shows. I uh, I went to my first uh, indie show in 2022, and I was like. This has got to be the same thing as uh, you know, watching TV show on TV. Absolutely not. These guys, you guys in the independence, man, you guys go out there week after week after week, month after month, and you guys bust your butts to put on a believable show. And you leave that arena when I left the arena. Every time I've been to XIW um in Panama City, you leave that arena going, Holy shit. That was real. Mm-hmm. You know, I got a chair behind me that I was like, there's no way they hit the hit them with the chair like that. But I got evidence back there. That was a flat ass chair sitting right next to me. <laughs> and, yeah, that's real. That is. is real. Yes. So being real is absolutely for a fan. I, I Rico agree. As fans, mm-hmm. we want to we want to believe it because if you're gonna not believe it, why watch it? Yeah. Yeah, just gonna be watching like this. Yeah, that's the thing. That's it. it, it I'm telling you, I get it. Guess I could be cringing sometimes, man. Yeah. Watching it, and uh, that's what's missing. It's just that believability. Yeah. Some, some, and it and it goes again for what I said earlier. There's some guys that's that's out there doing it that don't really need to be doing it. Yeah. You yeah. know. That rolls into what I was going to ask uh, Mike, almost about the uh, like how important is it for these newer cats to kind of have a personality? You gotta have. Oh, it's, you gotta it's, have. It's, very important. That's the 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 personality is what's gonna get you over. Mm-hmm. It's not the moves. I said it. I said it earlier. The moves don't matter. It's right. all. It's all about that personality. That's it. 
like how can i say um i'm trying to give you an example the example i could use today so everybody could be familiar with it is like you you see seth rollins mm-hmm. seth rollins all he gotta do is come out and he's doing this <laughs> yeah and he's and he's over and he's over he's that's orchestrating it. the whole crowd that's it he does that and he's over and the crowd have fun because guess what they did this with him too mm-hmm. they did that with him too so guess what that the, the money was worth it right there because there was seth rollins doing this because why he had that's his personality that's what he's showing that's what he's selling Mm-hmm. And that's back they, to- they need that. They need that today. Um, coming up, guys, coming up. Don't focus. Don't focus on the moves. The moves will come later. But that personality. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, and and cutting a promo. That's that's what's gonna that's what's gonna put you over. Yeah, you can't, you can't sit there. You know, you could be the best wrestler. Well, not the best wrestler, but you could be a, a very good wrestler, but. If you can't really cut a promo or you have no personality, nobody kind of really gets behind you. Mm-hmm. You know, you like we we're talking about Seth Rollins, you know, like uh Daniel Bryan, the whole yes movement. Yeah. You no, know, that's he just sat there, yes, yes, yeah. and it got everybody yeah. coming on board with them. Mm-hmm. Agree, agree. So let's talk about TCW Thunder Championship Wrestling. Yeah. Man, I first got introduced to Thunder Championship Wrestling by Tokyo Masa Kahagas. Um, that was kind of a weird one because I texted him I'm, well, on Facebook. He messaged me back. I'm not going to have my face on the camera, am I? I'm like, oh, shit. He's like, <laughs> so, and, but then I get to know him, and he's like, he's the most humble, most positive guy that you could ever talk to, you know, and mm-hmm. he's... You know, I love talking like with that. him, man. Man, he's yeah. great. Um, so can you talk about about TCW as a promotion and what the future goals are going forward with you and TCW and TCW itself. Well, I'm going to say this TCW currently right now, TCW is my home. TCW gets, gets priority. Anytime they call, I'm coming. I'm coming. And my, and, and, and my future there with TCW, um, I want to, I, my goal, and anywhere I go, anywhere, any company that I wrestle for is the same thing. But TCW, I want to become the biggest star that that they ever had there. Okay. That's my goal. I want to become the biggest thing. That's it. And right now, it's already happening. Why? Because I'm the heavyweight champion. Is that what's behind you? Oh, yeah. Let's show it off, right man. Let's, why does it sit way back there? You know, it's sitting... It's, it's taking a rest. All right, all right, all right. Taking a rest until Make it has sure to come shine out. nice and pretty, just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna name. I'm gonna name drop some TCW guys and yeah. tell me if they, are they challengers of yours. Mm-hmm. Well, let's start with the big man, Tokyo Tokyo Kahigas. Is he uh, a challenge to your uh, title, or does he not want that? Well, before I became the champion, I beat him already. Okay. So. I think he's out of that picture. So you're saying it's not as good, not good enough to go after that championship title. I already beat him. I don't care. So you don't care. Yeah, I don't care. I already beat him. So while I hear, I want to move on. 
what I hear, I, what I hear you're saying is T Tokyo Kahagas is old news. Back to the pecking order because you already beat him. I already beat him. Already let's beat move him. on. Let's move on to the next, the next challenger. That's how I see it. How about Ron Nehemiah? Nehemiah, I think that's how you say it. N a i m i. Ron Nemi? Yeah, Ron Nemi. Yeah, is he a challenger? Uh, nah, nah. He's the commissioner there. He's the okay. commissioner for TCW. But, does he challenge? And, and, and look, I you know I have my show Richie's Way, mm -hmm. right? And I do it regularly at TCW. Okay. And every time I do TCW, Ron Nimi, he wants to come out, interrupt my show every time. And he always tries to throw some sort of obstacle my way to yep. see if I can lose the championship and something like that. And guess what? Every time something happens, I win. I become the victor. <laughs> and then Ron leaves to the back through the curtain and he's pissed off. So Ron, Ron could kick rocks. <laughs> well, he's going to be on the show next week, so do you have anything to say for him maybe going forward? Can, can, go ahead and kick rocks. Yeah, go and kick. Ron could keep – look, if he's watching this right now, Ron, you could keep throwing everything that you can throw at me. Guess what? I'm always going to come out the victor, and you're going to be the loser. So you're better off just staying behind the curtain and leave the camera shots to me, the champion, the heavyweight champion. He will get that footage, promise. <laughs> um, what about your buddy here? Uh part of the the set, Francisco. Is he out of the picture? I mean, he's a big that's dude. my boy. Look, Frank Francisco's my boy. We are a team. He's the godfather. Okay. You ever, you ever feel you ever you ever uh feel like he might turn on you for anything? Nah, not at all. Okay, not at all. all right. We're a team, we need each other. That's okay. how we're going to strive. What kind of good words do you get to say about the referee, Billy Silverman? Billy Silverman, that's my guy right there, by the way. Yeah, Billy Silverman, that's my guy. He's a good dude, humbled guy. Um, it's always good to talk to him. Um, it's, always, it's pretty cool to also see him, like, while I'm uh, in the back in the locker room and he's there walking past and I'm like, damn, that's Silverman, man. This is pretty cool that I'm sharing the same locker room with him. So uh, that's my guy, Silverman. He's a good dude. I, li I like him very much. All right. One more question. Then Rico can have the next question. So who, okay, so obviously Ron, he needs to kick rocks. Tokyo McGahagas, he said he's, he, you beat him already. So he was old news. You won't try to um, go against Francisco, but who is going to gun for your title next at TCW? And what kind of words do you have for this guy that's going to gun for your title? <clears throat> Look, I saw the last, I saw the episode you did with Brian Brock. Sure <laughs> and look, just like Cahagas, I beat him already. I beat him. He tried to fight for it. He he was actually my first title defense when I huh? became heavyweight champion. And he lost. Right? Right. And I heard him saying, you asked him, oh, what do you think about Rich? And he was like, oh, I don't like that guy or whatever. But he he's didn't say that. Up, yep, he he's, said that. He's looking to, to, he's going after my championship. Look, I'm going to tell you this. He when When he answered you, he didn't even answer you with confidence. 
he was stuttering and everything. He didn't even know what to say. Right. So how with that's with that sort of confidence he had, how's he think he's gonna step into the ring with me when I already beat him? I already have his number. So when do you see that match um coming to surface? It could happen anytime. It could happen so, anytime. So he could go, he could go and talk to Ron Nemi. He could go and talk to the commissioner and let him know and cry and whine and say, please, 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 let me get a shot at Rich. Please, please, please. Go ahead, do it. I don't care. I'm going to beat him again. So what I like to do on Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast is stir the pot, like Rick Rick said. And I'd like <laughs> to set up some, maybe a future match. So I think that you guys need to go to Ron Nemi yourself, or maybe I can suggest to Ron Nemi that on this weekend when I have it on an interview that he needs to set up Rich versus Brock. And then when that's all set up, we need to come back on the Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast to do a real fight feel between you and uh, Brock. And uh, let's hear that so you guys can air it out. What do you, what do you think about that? Or <clears throat> Because I'm the heavyweight champion, I don't need to go to Ron Nemi. They, they got to come to me. Okay. If you feel up to the if you feel up to it that you want to go to Ron Nimi and say, hey, let's do this, go ahead. Just like I said, I welcome it. Why? Because I beat him already. This is just gonna be another walk in the park. So go ahead, do what you want to do, say what you want to say. I'm up for it. I'm not a scared champion. I'll defend it anytime. Well, I'm glad you're let's not a scared it. champion. I'm not I'm glad you're not a scared champion. So I'm gonna reach out to Brock for you. And I'm going to set up a time when he's available, and then I'll reach out to you and see if you're available. I'd love to have you two back on the camera together to air out your differences. Well, how, what do you think about that, Rick? Rick? Think that'd be a good idea? Oh, I love that. And I just got to say, man, you know, Brock, cool people. I like the guy, but uh, you know, I'm going to say RPA all the way. I ain't saying it just because he's on the show; it's because I believe in him. Thank you, man. And you know what? You say he's a good dude, bro. He's a bum. He's nasty, chewing tobacco hillbilly, nasty individual. <laughs> Nasty. Now, for the record, I did not say that he could beat you. I'm just asking what you thought of <laughs> what, what your next challenger would be. And I'm ready to put it together on the – and, hey, I want to see this happen. I want to see it face-to-face. I'd like to, for him to be able to air it out. I'd like to be, for you to air it out. And I want that footage so we can talk about it. You think you think the, you think think a, a match with me and Brock for the title, you think that's money? I think so. All right, so whatever. Because your money, right? Your money, right? Oh yeah, I'm the heavyweight champion. That's why I'm. All right, champion. so that then then why you question yourself if no, that match would I'm be not money? Questioning. But I'm you not just questioning. asked me. But you just asked me if that match would be money. I've, evidently, obviously, it would be money because you're in it, right? Okay, so this is what's gonna happen. You're gonna go to Ron, right? You're yep, gonna go to Ron, <laughs> right? Just like you yep, said. Absolutely. It's gonna be a big money fight. Okay, absolutely. tell them it's gonna be a big money fight. 100%. Big money okay. fight. Watch this. Watch this. Big <laughs> money fight. Make sure you write it in caps. Ron, all caps. There we go. Just so you are, so just so you know, right there. <laughs> Big money fight. There we go. And I'm going to go to Ron about Brock versus the AP. How about that? RPA. The RPA, sorry, I got your yeah, name, man. Come on, you did good in the beginning. Now you're running. I know, I know, man. You know, I'm I'm hyped up about this next fight that you're gonna have. All right, <laughs> I'm not in the better, <laughs> different things. Um, 
the FIP He's getting man, amped he, up over there. Can you talk about the FIP? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, there's actually I have a I have a match coming up. Um, I'm teaming with my boy Gus De La Vega, and we're actually gonna see if I can add more gold to my collection because myself and Gus De La Vega we're actually going for the FIP tag team titles. Is um, that guy, is he part of the set too or no? Yeah, yeah. He's part of the set. He's part of the set. So we're so going to go. When is that supposed tags. to be happening? Huh? When is that supposed to be happening? That is going to be on December 10th. Some it's going to be on December 10th at the OCC in okay. Clearwater. All right. Mm-hmm. Awesome, man. So how, how would somebody over here in East Tennessee watch that? They actually have uh, their own streaming platform. It's called the W uh, World Wrestling Network, and you can mm-hmm. get a membership and you'll be able to watch it live, live stream. Okay, awesome, awesome man. Definitely check that out right there. Oh yeah, yes, yes sir. Um, Rico, you got anything for me? Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you, man. So, have you ever had like any real life beef with somebody backstage that you just? You try to keep it professional, but yeah. it almost turns physical. Uh no. Luckily, no. I never had a problem with anybody. It's all it's always been professional anytime. That's awesome. Every time every time I've been in any type of locker room, it has always been professional. I mean, you always hear, you know, we hear the stories, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes things happen, guys get real heated in the moment. Yeah. Um as far as I know, you know, if there anybody that doesn't like me, I don't know about it. I don't know about it. Ron Neeby, I, I don't care about Ron Neeby. <laughs> oh, I know that. But. Yeah, I don't care about that. He, he, see, he don't like me, but I don't care. I don't care. That's my job is to be hated. That's right here, yeah. So I prefer I, I get the um the gist that you'd rather be a heel than a face, correct? Oh yeah, I'm top heel. Top heel, man. So communication, man. Um, so obviously in the in a match, there's your opponent, the referee, and yourself, and the people backstage. How important is that all to communicate to come together to make the match what it needs to be? Oh yeah, it's very important. That's like key. That's the only way that the story is going to be told. So I'm always in the back. I'm always making sure like even uh, with the booker, I talk to the booker a lot while I'm in the back because I want to make sure that his vision is what's presented in front of everybody. So I'm big on that. I'm communicating all the time with the booker. Now matches like you got, you know, like next week, um, you got that tag match. Are you in communication with your opponents right now to, like, so you get a feel for what they no. are? No. It's no. just, when you get there, that's it. No, that's it. Yeah. Most of the time, I don't know, you know, I know everybody has their style of wrestling on how they do things. But okay. me, I, I literally meet the guys that day, few uh, a few hours before, mm-hmm. and, um, we talked to the booker. We found out what's the key points that they want to make sure the story goes on. Right. 
and that's all we really speak about. The rest of it is done out there. We'll we'll talk out there in front of the crowd. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know. Awesome. I, yeah. That's it. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be there. Leo, let's talk about every single thing. Okay, we're gonna do this. We're gonna lock up. We're gonna do that. And then, nah. Not happening. All right, Rico. H- handle business out there in the ring. Yeah, because me, I, 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 I feel off the crowd's response. Right. So why am I gonna think of something, a move or something, where it might not be in the right spot at that moment for the crowd when they react? Is I, I go over the reaction. Absolutely, awesome, Rico. So, yeah. So the the rich that we see coming out to the ring, is that the rich we see in real life? Is that the same person? It's the same person, but when I go through the curtain, I'm turned up. Gotcha. Um, so you just you just kind of electrified, turned up a little bit. Oh yeah, I'm turned up. Um or Ron. It's uh Ron <laughs> um <laughs> My wife, my wife, she uh, she tells me all the time. Um, she says, she says, you know, you're not, na- you're naturally an asshole. Um, and she's not said, laughing. I'm not laughing. Really, I'm not agreeing with that. So. Yeah, she said you're naturally an asshole, but when you go out there, you're an even bigger asshole. So, <laughs> well, um, you're doing your job then, right? Oh yeah, yeah, but that's that's the goal. That's the Absolutely. goal. Absolutely. That's the goal. I, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, especially like, like you mentioned the- earlier, you, huh? you want, especially as a heel, you want them to boo you. Oh, yeah. You don't want to go out there and then, you know, nobody boo you. You want yeah. to do your job, make them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, and I love it. Especially when I got a mic in my hand. Yeah. Man, that right there. When I got a mic, that's another level right there. Absolutely. You know, one of the best in the business today is MJF. I hate the guy, but he's so he's, he's good. He's really good. good. And he takes his, and he lives the same life that he is on TV. It's Mm -hmm. like, he's awesome. So, um, one of my favorite questions, and honestly, this was, uh, 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 Tokyo, uh, question Mm -hmm. that he brought to light. Um, Mm -hmm. brotherhood in the business and paying your dues. What does that mean to you? And um, I'd love to hear this. How what that means to you? Uh, that whole thing, the whole brotherhood. Um, I realized, like in the business, you're not gonna have many friends. You're not. You're not gonna have many friends. So when it says that term brotherhood, you're gonna have just those select few that you're gonna say those are your friends in the business. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh. It's cool, man. Like, I love that thing. Like, I already have those few friends already. And especially, and I'll tell you this, Cahagas is one of them. Um, I have Cahagas and I have Francisco Chiazzo. I got Chiazzo. it for you. For you, Chiazzo. Ron Nimi? No. No. <laughs> oh. No. He keeps going with Ron. No. I, I'm just asking. No. No. <laughs> uh, Right now, I, I got to say, I'm telling you, Ki, uh, Kiatsu. Kiatsu, uh, De La Vega, uh, John Strange. Okay. 
John Strange, another one. Uh, though I gotta say, right now in this business, those are my brothers. Those are my brothers. And um, there's a there's a there's a one of my friends up in New York. He's still in New York. He's coming up. He's coming up, up and coming. And uh, uh, he goes by Adam Ace. That is my okay. brother. Okay. So it's very few. It's just a handful. But that is, uh, it's very important to me. Those are the guys that you be on the road with all the time. Going to the next town, uh, and it's even easier when you're able to get in the ring with them. Um, you have more fun, um, and you know that you're gonna put something out good together. So, okay. And yeah. you've seen you you think if I reached out to those two that did uh, answer the message and maybe come on the podcast? Kahagas and Kiato? No, Strange and Ace. Oh yeah, I think they'll say it. Right. If they don't. They're out of your brotherhood, and then we can replace with Ron Nemi, right? So it's all right. No, no. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was just asking. I'm looking out for your back, man. I'm looking out for you, bro. No, I just kidding. Oh man. All right. All's good. Can't have fun doing this. If you want, if you can't have fun doing this, why not? Why do it, right? Uh, yep. 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 Yeah. That. <laughs> Rico. Oh my good. So, is there anybody who? You really kind of want to wrestle, but you, you want to anybody from a different company that you want to be in the ring with, or you wish you could have been in the ring with. Well, I'm gonna say that, like, when it comes to the independence, I don't like I don't really follow independence that much, so I kind of don't really know who's out there. Um, I could say. Maybe someone in WWE, or is that good? Like, yeah, oh yeah, anybody, yeah, anybody. Um, I definitely want to have a big, big storyline with Cody. Cody Rhodes, yeah. with Cody Rhodes, and the only the the reason I say that is because when I was coming up. Same the same year I started. I've only been in the business for about a year, and this is 2016. So mind you, I don't know if you remember this timetable, but this is when Cody left WWE, right? And he was on the independence. He came to House of Glory, right? And he wound up doing like a, a whole like seminar thing for the for the guys at the school. And he he came in. It, um, he had a few guys. He said, "Oh, if you feel like you're ready to have a match, have a match. I want to see it." Guys that that are don't not ready yet, or they still new, you could come over here, and I'll work with you a little bit. I was in that line of guys that just got into the business. I wasn't ready to have a match yet. Guess me in the ring. This dude. Literally, not having that much experience, he trusted me in that ring. And he literally, he had me do freaking moves on him, like <laughs> slam him down and everything. He called it out there. Mm-hmm. And then when it was his turn, he made everything look like he was murdering me. Murder. And that man took care of me in there, never hurt me. 
So just because of that experience right there, I I, I want to be able to have like a full experience, storyline, promos, everything with Cody. Just because of that one experience I had with him in 2016. I never forgot that. That'd be awesome. That he trusted me. Somebody that didn't know much. He trusted me to throw him around and do all these moves. Like, so that is one guy like that's on my list. I would love to do a whole thing with whole thing. That's nice. So he le left the impact on you. A good yeah, impact. that thing. And and he was and and Cody, the people that don't know Cody, Cody's really cool, man. He's so down to earth. Um, even after that, um, he, he came back to House of Glory multiple times after that. And um um you know how I sorry, I'm gonna switch it off just so you can understand where I'm coming from. Um so you know uh, coming up in the business, you know, there's certain you know they say you gotta pay your dues and right, that, yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. So of course putting the ring, all yep. that type of stuff, right? Yep. So one of the things I was do I would do in House of Glory was I used to be security for the um big names that came. Okay. So because I was the biggest guy there, there wasn't many many of the other students are small. Okay. So I was the biggest guy there and I was security. Every time Cody came back, I had to do I had to do his table. I was the security at the signing table. Okay. And that dude was always cool with me, man always cool even if i wanted something to drink he'll go he'll get he'll get me something to drink wow that's, that's like you know like he was <laughs> mad cool even taking a picture we were done with the signing and everything and i'm like yo is it cool i just have a picture like this is pretty cool like i was able to do your table he was so cool he was like yeah of course dude like come on like that dude is mad cool. So those little things still stuck with me, and that's why I think about him. That's like on the top, and especially the amazing stuff he's doing right now. Oh, mm -hmm. So it's House of Glory in Orlando. No, that's New York. New York. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I've okay. I've only been I've only been in Florida for the last I'm in May okay. coming up. Uh -huh. It's three years. Okay. Um, I told you that I was a foster parent, and um, of course they watch. Uh what I do and they talk about what I do. So they came up with some questions mm -hmm. and Joe Hagelin says American nightmare. Cody, really? Like he's doubting your, he's doubting that you have, maybe he doesn't think you have the con You're good enough to face Cody. Rhodes. I don't know. I don't know what Joe is trying to go over there, but I, I think you're good enough, man. I think you would do really well. So back I don't, to my I don't care what, what people think. There's, I'll tell you, on, on, on my social media platforms, I get fans and people writing to me, and they say the most ridiculous things. And can I cuss on here? Yeah. I don't give a fuck huh? what anybody says about me. Absolutely. I really don't. So this guy saying, oh, Cody, for real? I just explained to you guys the story and what it, that meant to me. So you think I care about what this yeah. person said? I don't care. All right. Oh, you said, no, I came in halfway through the story. So he didn't uh, actually get to hear okay. the story. Yeah. So, yeah. He's <laughs> he kind of apologized to you, man. <laughs> so, fans, our, my, my foster kids have these questions. If you could be, if you could have any superpower in the ring, what would it be? 
<laughs> That's funny. Any superpower. That's a hard one. Like, yeah, really. that's tough. <laughs> it's a good. It's a good one. It's tough though. Um, can I take a bump without it hurting? Yeah. Like that'll be my power where I could take a bump and not okay. and it hurt. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, what's the coolest costume or outfit that you've ever worn in the ring? Oh man. Um, I'm pretty simple. I just wear the the trunks, uh, the okay. regular the regular trunks and a vest. Okay. And uh, there's one that I have that is gray and red. It has gray, red, and white. I don't wear it very often. Um, but I every once in a while. That is my favorite because it literally has like the Statue of Liberty on it. It has this yeah. New York City on the sides yeah. of it. Um, in the back of the trunks, it has the subway logo from from, uh, from New York, like the subway, the MTA. Yeah, nice. And, yeah, like all that stuff on it. So like that one, that's like my favorite because it's like to me, it's like real New Yorker. Okay. You know, and it's always a vest. I'm always coming out vest. Why? Because of Uncle oh. Steve. Always came out with vest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you could design your own championship belt, what would it look like? It would look like, damn, that's hard because I got two favorites. Oh, man. But it would definitely be the old school, the Eagle WWF title. Okay. The winged. Yeah, the yeah, winged the wing, the wing okay. one. Yeah, that one's, that one's badass. But also that WCW title, the heavyweight title is also so, so nice too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So if you could challenge any non-wrestling celebrity to a match, who would it be? Non-wrestling celebrity? Yeah. Do I give a reason to why? Nope. So I just say the name and that's it? That's it. Unless I want to be an asshole and ask why, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, ask, I'll tell you why. <laughs> Well, go ahead. Go ahead. Let's see it. I would say Conor McGregor. Why? Because I want to make money. There you go. Yeah. Very good answer. Very good answer. Very good answer. Um, favorite food? Oh, man. I'm Puerto Rican, so I love all my Spanish food. Okay. I'm Puerto Rican, so. You must. You don't eat pizza then, do you? Oh, yeah. Of course. Uh, yeah, I love pizza. I love pizza. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Say it again. Pineapple on pizza? Oh yeah, I do pineapple. I don't care. I do pineapple. All right. What's yep. your What's your favorite sports car? I don't like sports cars. Okay. I'm a truck guy. All right. So and I'm what? big on. I'm a big fan of big pickups, and uh, SU like big expeditions and stuff like that. I'm a big truck guy. Okay. Oh, sorry, I'll throw this up real quick. I just wanted to add to the food thing, man. Pasteles. Gotta have pasteles. Oh, I love pasteles. I have pasteles, and I just put a little bit of ketchup on it, and I'll be good. Pasteles. You have to make pasteles for me, Rico. And what's your, what's your dream Christmas present for this year? 
I know. To get Ron Nemi in the ring. I know. <laughs> oh, man. There, um, a lot of people don't know about me, but I, a lot, know about me, but I love, I'm always, uh, I always like learning something okay. and I'm always, uh, I'm always reading, okay. um, read a lot of books and there's currently a book about to come out that I want and it's called, um, uh, choose your enemies wisely. Right. Uh, it's by Patrick. I forgot his last name. Um, yeah, some I forgot his name. I had it written down. Okay. But that book, I is uh, I want that book. <laughs> Rico, you have anything else? No, uh, no, man. Um, I want to take up any more of your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Very much appreciate it, bro. Yeah, I'm, 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 I have fun, man. This is great. Like, I really, I really enjoyed this interview. Awesome, man. We have one more segment. One more question. It goes along with uh, Joe's question. No disrespect intended. This is my first time seeing you. So this part, where can you see your matches or how can we, can I look you up? So is there anything you could, would tell us the huge pop wrestling podcast family or fans where we can find you, uh, what your next goal is and uh, where can we watch what you do? So currently um, I mentioned earlier that I'm um, pretty consistent on a weekly basis and that's under the WWN banner. Uh, World Wrestling Network. So you could get a membership and stream, but they also have um, their their weekly streaming is, they also have it on YouTube. You can find it on YouTube, uh, uh, World Wrestling Network. And um, they have a weekly show called WWN Proving Ground. Uh, every Friday, uh, Newport Richie at seven o'clock. And then they stream those events on YouTube. Um, on a weekly basis. So um, you could catch me on there for the WWN Network. Um, I have my own Instagram, Richport Ayala, A-Y-A-L-A. Um, uh, Facebook, Richport Ayala. I also have the Twitter, what well, now is X, right? Yeah. Uh, that's under Ayala Port. Uh, you could get me on there. Um and of course, Thunder Championship Wrestling, FIP for uh, Full Impact Pro. Uh, you could catch me on there. Uh, but if a weekly basis, you could catch me on WWN uh, Proving Ground. Awesome. On a weekly basis, I'm there every Friday religiously, and also because I'm the he- I'm also the heavyweight champion uh, for WWN Proving Ground. So is that like an NWA power? Like NWA does their TV studio? Is that what WWN? Is? Yeah, it's it's a studio. Okay. Uh, so it's a small studio that they do on a weekly basis. Literally, they have the fans. They have the fans all on one side, okay. and it's like a whole studio thing. It sort of resembles like, sort of like what I guess it's a smaller version of like what NWA was doing. Okay. Have, like power and stuff. Yeah. Like that. Awesome. So well, Mister Rich, um, stay. I'm going to play a closing song. Um, stay tuned. Do not go anywhere. I want to talk to you after when we're off air. Um, thank you guys. Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. Reek Reek. Thank you for coming on tonight. No problem. Thank uh, you. Huge Pop Wrestling Podcast. This is Scott. Um, loved everybody. Thank you for all the support. Um, I'll go back over. Uh, Joe, Tyler, SM, Dad, thank you for coming in the chat. Um, appreciate it. And, uh, man, thank you so much. And uh, I will see you in the chat.
All my dogs, make some noise up in this house. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits a canvas, then your ass is knocked out. Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know what's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground. Cause when your body hits a canvas, then your ass is knocked out. Fight with Adrian Whisper, it's like a fight with the devil. Because when he's dealing with you, you cannot get on this level. Fight with Adrian Whisper's life. It's like a fight with a king, it's like a fight with an army, they got the tanks and everything He's leaving bruises and stitches, possibly leaving you crippled Cause when he sets up the table and sends you straight through the middle Take a district free, beat that ass with a light bulb Leave a piece of glass embedded in the back of your skull Who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the ground Cause when your body hits the canvas, then your ass is knocked out who is in the house? Who is in the house? It's the gangster of destruction, so you know it's going down. And when the drive-by's coming, then you better hit the 